Rise and shine, Mr. Freeman. Rise and shine. Welcome back to another episode of Mouse and Joystick. And this time, I am very happy to say we have Michael returning once again. How are you doing, good sir? I'm doing pretty well. Sorry I was gone for a month, but things happen. How dare you have real life things to do? It's unacceptable. I'm sorry. It's not <laughs> normal. I don't normally have a real life. <laughs> One of those occasions where it just kind of creeps up on you, no? Anyway, no, it's, it's, all, it's all good. It happens. Uh, and of course, uh, Noah's here as well. How you doing, good sir? Doing pretty well. Excellent. It's good to have the gang all back together. Uh, and this time we are in a pretty exciting time. Uh, E3 happened a few weeks ago, and now we get a chance to kind of just relax and look back at everything that happened and pick out some of our favorite moments out of uh, all the events and get to talk about what we saw there. Uh, I thought maybe the best way to tackle this would just be go go through each show on their own, and if there was anything that really stood out, we can just kind of talk about it. Um, unless there's anything else I'm thinking, I think we should just go ahead and start with the first show that happened this year, which was EA EA's play event on uh, the Saturday. Um, in typical EA fashion, they took to their stage and had... Probably more cringy moments than any other event. <laughs> um, in particular, though, the one the highlights for me of uh, the cringe uh, include when they had the uh, what were they called the men and blazers come on out to try to talk about FIFA. Apparently, it's a really popular uh, soccer. Well, I say soccer, but it's a uh, football in every other part of the world. Really popular football sh- hosts come on out, and they're. Apparently, like a really comedic duo or whatever. I'm not a single person in the audience was actually. Hmm. It's like, I think you're trying to target the wrong audience here right now. Yeah, uh, the people who. I'm not saying everyone, but I feel like people who play FIFA don't always actually watch real FIFA. <laughs> I mean, that, that could be true. I don't have any numbers to back that up. And then as in actual soccer. <laughs> the, the real you mean you can actually play soccer in real life? Yeah. Whoa. Apparently. Never tried it. It's amazing. Um Yeah, and uh probably the other super cringy thing that happened was uh just before they got to their presentation of Need for Speed, they had a YouTuber called Jesse Wellens come on this stage and uh, I think it was partially due to a teleprompter error, but he basically just came on the stage and froze and didn't know what to say. So like his 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 thing basically came on like he like he's there with his back to the camera. And then he like turns around. And he's like, "Hey guys, um, I do YouTube and I'm here to talk about this great game, Need for Speed Payback." Um, 
Uh, and then like, like the stage director, assistant manager, someone came on the stage. It was just like here, like uh, here's new for speed payback. Boop, and then just like up the gameplay. It's like, uh, what just happened? What just happened there? But yeah, that happened. Um, yeah. So as far as like the actual games go, uh, definitely had a lot of your typical EA Sports things. There was uh, Madden, uh, FIFA. Was there any other NBA Live? I don't think there was any other sports games. None that I can think of. Those are the only really hyped ones. Yeah, those are the ones that are actually worth like coming on stage and showing and trying to sell to people. Not saying the other ones don't have their fan bases. They're not nearly as big. I like I NHL. They're the type of people who would watch E3. That's, yeah, that's true. Uh, they did mention Battlefield 1 a little bit. Uh, they basically came out and confirmed that there is a new expansion coming out for it sometime later this year. Uh, it's like a Russian-themed one. Uh, yeah, so that was kind of expected. Um... As far as like actual new stuff goes, uh, they did come out and have a presentation for the new Need for Speed, which looked pretty cool. It's basically Fast and Furious the game, if it was a game. Um, then they had a little presentation where they're actually showing some like indie related stuff. And I think probably the, this is actually probably the biggest thing that happened during the entire conference was the uh, announcement for a title called A Way Out. Uh, from the same developer as uh, A Brother's a Tale of Two Sons. And essentially what it is, it's like a co-op themed prison break story game. Um, they can only be played co-op. There's no single player component to it. You have to either play split screen co-op or you have to play online co-op. There's no way around it. Uh, that's supposed to be coming out early next year sometime. Uh, so it was cool to see that big new original ip looks very promising has a good developer behind it uh definitely do something a little bit different with the uh, the medium so it was nice to see that actually come out of ea of all places and uh, probably well there was a huge presentation at the very end of the show where they showed like a 30 minute match of the new battlefront game it looks about how you'd expect it, basically just building off of the the previous Battlefront game from two years ago, was it? I mean, it seems like they're definitely improving yeah. on it, but again, it's like if you're not into Star Wars, it's not really gonna do anything special to you. Kind of how you expect it to look. Uh, yeah, but other than that, the uh, probably the second biggest thing that was announced at the show was that Bioware's new IP called Anthem would actually be showed. A little bit later at a different event, uh, but they did confirm its existence here. Uh, so they they saved the actual gameplay demonstration of that for the Xbox conference, which is the one we'll talk about next. But before we hop over to that, uh, did you guys have any other comments to make on EA? I mean, it was pretty much what I expected from EA: is sports, 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 and then maybe a few IPAs. <laughs> sports, <laughs> Battlefield. Sports, Star Wars, sports, something new, and the end. Yeah, I was kind of hoping we'd get maybe a hint at what the two other Star Wars games were. Yeah, I was hoping to hear a little bit more about the visceral Star Wars and the 
Respawn Entertainment Star Wars. But they didn't even mention that. And uh, speaking of uh, re- still... speaking of Respawn, they didn't even bring up Titanfall 2 at all. They didn't? Nope. Wow. I think it's safe I mean, to... All the DLCs yeah. free. So. Yeah, they're not really making any more money off of Battle, uh, out of Titanfall 2. I think it's safe to assume they're just going to kind of let it be quiet for a while and go bring Respawn back for the Star Wars game when it's ready. Yeah, but overall it was pretty much what we all expected and I I would say it was maybe marginally better than last year's E3 presentation but that's not really saying a whole lot, honestly. Not at all. Yeah, so moving on from EA, this was probably the longest presentation of the the week, which was the Microsoft presentation. Uh, There were so many games shown that I'm probably not going to bother going through all of them, but uh, I'll touch on the the bigger ones at least. Uh, The first thing I want to mention was um, Microsoft did come on out and they officially revealed the the name and all the price components and all that for the new Xbox. The... uh, formerly known as Project Scorpio, is now being called the Xbox One X. Funny enough, if you shorten that into acronym, it's uh, Xbox again. <laughs> we come full circle, it's the Xbox One X box. Something. Um, I mean, yeah, they, they basically came out uh, and kind of confirmed the obvious that it would still support all the previously released Xbox One accessories and games. Um, even though it does support 4K, if you do play on a like 1080p monitor or TV, it will super sample. So it's still going to look a little bit better than the other Xbox in that situation. Features liquid cooling, vapor chambers for buzzwords. Uh, surprisingly, despite the fact it's the most powerful Xbox One, it is actually the smallest of the Xbox One family, even beating out the Xbox Slim. So that, that, just was, means that was pretty impressive laptop technology type thing laptop technology they did announce that it is going to be releasing on november 7th of 2017 with a 500 dollars price tag Jeez. what do you make of that price i think that's a solid solid price i thought it was going to be like 600 to 700 so i mean for a new microsoft like console I think that's exactly what I expected. I still think it's a little bit ambitious because, um, I don't know. I don't feel like people are going to upgrade too much to it just for all of this. I feel like the next thing people are saving up for is um, things, uh, better things for VR. So, I mean, this is obviously better for that, but I don't know. Yeah. I feel it. I mean, the PS4 came out. It was 400. So That's true. It's... Not a whole lot more expensive than the the other consoles were when they first launched, and considering how much power is actually built into it, it's yeah, it's, it's actually kind of a good deal. If you're someone that was Play. looking at getting an Xbox but you haven't yet, uh, I think getting the Xbox One X is actually totally a good value for for your money. Although you couldn't, I, I think you can get an Xbox One Slim now for like two hundred dollars. Yeah, the original Xbox One's like 150 and you can get a slim for like 250 300 I mean, those are good deals too. But yeah, if you want like an actual 4K powerful machine, then it's not bad. 
Especially since like a 1080s, 500 bucks. I mean, I mean yeah, more. if you want a graphics card equipment for a computer, it costs more than the Xbox One X itself. <laughs> but yeah, that's cool. Um, it's going to be a very niche audience, of course, uh, only for more of the hardcore enthusiasts. They're the ones that are be interested in this machine. So I don't know if they would actually want to upgrade from a regular Xbox One to a Xbox One X, but that option is available, so I guess we'll see. Uh, despite having even lesser of a jump in quality, the PlayStation 4 Pro has been selling pretty good in comparison to the PlayStation 4 regular and slim versions. Uh, so maybe maybe it'll do well. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, in order to like really showcase what it can do, they, they did have a presentation for Forza 7, of course, and it looked amazing as usual. Probably going to be the best looking game on the system, bar, bar none. Uh, and surprisingly, it's releasing before the Xbox One X comes out, so you can get that ahead of time and be prepared for new Xbox about a month in advance. Uh, but then one of the big surprises of the show is they did come on out and actually reveal the new Metro games based off the Metro 2035 series. Uh, for those that don't know, it's like a Russian post-apocalyptic kind of first-person shooter with horror elements in it. And yeah, they basically came out and announced the third in that series. Uh, didn't show a whole lot of new stuff, but it does look really great. Had crossbows and trains and mutated bears. And it's supposed to be releasing sometime next year. So uh, definitely sign me up for that one. I'm very interested in this to see how that one goes. Yeah, me too. That series was amazing. And the story behind it's also crazy awesome. And I love that they're continuing even though the books haven't. I think there's a third book coming out soon, but I'm not 100% sure on that. That'd be even better then. Although, from what I've heard, this one is actually supposed to be based off of the second book. A little bit more than anything else, so I guess, I guess we'll see. It's a, it's a good series. If you have not played Metro 2035 or Metro Last Light, I would recommend trying to pick those up on sale somewhere. They're usually pretty cheap on Steam. Uh, definitely worth yeah, a playthrough. Yeah. Uh, but then, after that, we did get our first actual gameplay demonstration of the brand new Assassin's Creed Origins. Finally got to see that game in action. Um, it's been leaked previously that it's going to be based in Egypt, and we kind of got official confirmation of that here. Uh, there were some very strange things shown for Assassin's Creed Origins. Um, lots of, a lot more fantasy, magical kind of things than I've seen in previous ones. I don't know what's up with that. That just kind of slipped through the crack, or if it's actually part of the story now, who knows? But uh, new Assassin's Creed, uh, set in Egypt, and looks like it has even more of an RPG feel to it than previous ones. Uh, so rather than just being your standard open-world action adventure game, there's more RPG stuff to it. Like there's actual loot drops and ex experience progression and leveling up, unlike new moves and stuff like that. Uh, so I'm not sure how it's all going to play out, but uh, it's certainly a slight twist to the Assassin's Creed formula that we've been hoping for. Not, I don't know if I like it. Then again, I guess I need to get back into Assassin's Creed. I haven't played since before Unity, I guess. I played a little bit of Unity and was upset by it, so <laughs> I haven't yeah. too much more. 
I need to play more, but yeah, uh, we'll see what happens. Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag was the last one I played. And it's the Assassin's Creed series is, a, is one I want to like a lot. They're just they just made it really hard to actually like it. Like, oh my yeah, god, it's so, it so generic and so boring. Like, what are you doing? Oh man. I, I hope this one's good, but it has so many things it needs to live up to, and there's so many things it needs to improve on that it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for it to stand out. Especially with this in like there. It's releasing at a bad time too. I think right there in the middle of October. Yeah. <laughs> There's just so many other games coming out at the time. It's gonna be, it's gonna be like cutthroat competition going on there. Um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, the the follow up Assassin's Creed. Uh, they did have Player Unknown himself come on out in the stage to introduce the Xbox version of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, which was super cool to see that small game make its way to the big stage and. It was well received by the audience there, so that was cool. Uh, they did say the Xbox version of that was coming out later this year. Uh, even though they couldn't say officially on stage, I do think there's still a PlayStation 4 version coming out around the same time or maybe shortly after. So that's uh, you shouldn't have to wait too long to play that in PlayStation 4. Uh, then skipping ahead, they had a couple of smaller titles shown. They had uh, State of Decay 2, Darwin Project, they came on out and made a big deal about Minecraft being playable in 4K for some reason. Because graphics in Minecraft are important. Whenever I think of Minecraft, the first thing I think of is having the high-fidelity 4K graphics. <laughs> but, you know, if, uh, if all you do is play Minecraft, then, then that's, uh, that's cool. Better-looking Minecraft. There you go. Uh, although, to be fair, they did announce like a more like a realism texture pack for it. Uh, so I can actually make more use of the 4K resolution that will be coming with it. Yeah, they also made a big deal about cross-playing across all the platforms. That is true. Um, they did minus PlayStation. Minus PlayStation. I mean, I guess the reasoning behind that actually does make sense now. But yeah, basically they did say that regardless if you're on the mobile platforms or the, the Nintendo platforms, Xbox platforms, or even PC. All versions of Minecraft will be compatible with each other, with each other minus the PlayStation versions. Uh, and the reason given to that is because Sony does not want people to have to use a Microsoft account to sign into Minecraft on another system. Which I can kind of see. I mean, it would just be weird. It's like, oh, I got to sign into my Xbox Live account on my PlayStation 4. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I can kind of see how that would be a conflict of interest. Uh, but for other games like uh, what were the other one? The other big one contention was uh, Rocket League. No excuses, Sony. That, yeah. That's just bad. Well, they said it was because um, didn't they say something about how it would set an inappropriate environment for their underage community or something like that? Aren't they already How'd playing they on the internet? <laughs> right. But, like <laughs> they like sign a like an understood contract that. Uh, Sony has control over what they'll be accessing, so Sony gets to approve what's on it. Oh, okay. Like within the Sony ecosystem, they've like approved everything that would they they would be able to see. And once you merge those different platforms together, they lose control over what content will be coming to them. Uh, interesting. I mean, that's what their official statement was was along those lines, but 
I don't know if that was like a legitimate reason or not. Right. How accurate that is, is you can't really say for sure. They'll never give the actual reason, I don't think. We'll just have to live with what they say. Um, but yeah. Minecraft 4K. Coming soon. <laughs> uh, moving on from that. Uh, this one kind of caught a lot of people by surprise, and that was uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. It's a. Uh, let me double check. It's like the same developers of the like Blaze Blue fighter games. Uh, but basically, it's a super stylized 2D Dragon Ball Z fighting game that has kind of like a 3v3 clashes component to it for those that like Marvel's Capcom elements. Uh, from what I've heard of people actually on the floor getting to play it, it is probably one of the best controlling fighter games they've ever played, period. Like, taking all franchises into consideration. And it really does capture the art style of Dragon Ball Z. Uh, so if you are into that series at all, or you just like solid fighting games, Dragon Ball Fighters is apparently right up your alley. I haven't had a chance to play it hands-on, so I can't really comment on that. But it's cool that it's been getting good good press. Uh, for some reason, they showed a cinematic trailer for Black Desert Online, saying it's coming in 2018. I guess there's an audience for Black Desert Online on Xbox One. I did not know that was playable with a controller. How, <laughs> did, how can the Xbox, like... It's a big world. <laughs> it's going to, like, kill your render distance or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. um, yeah, then moving on, there's a couple of other indie games shown, like The Last Night, The Artful Escape, uh, a cool one called Code Vein, which was announced earlier this year, but it's basically um, uh, an anima- an anime-ish Vampire Souls-like game coming from Bandai Namco. Uh, looks a lot like previous Dark Souls games, so if you're into that kind of gameplay style, you can uh, check that out coming in 2018. And then one of the longest presentations of the show was actually the the demo for Sea of Thieves that was almost 10 minutes long. Uh, but it just kind of showed like a little basic loop of what the minute-to-minute gameplay in Sea of Thieves is supposed to be like. There's you know, moments where they're diving underwater to pick up treasure, getting the treasure onto the ship, going onto this other island to find more treasure, fighting off some skeletons, blah, blah, blah. There was even a little bit there where um, they showed like what the PvP would be like and launching yourself in cannons to get onto other ships. So... Lots of piratey stuff included in the game. Fortunately, they are still shooting for an early 2018 release date, so we're still a little ways off from that. But it definitely looks like it's going to be a fun time with some friends online. Uh, let's see. Other games they showed include Tacoma, Super Lucky's Tale. Finally, Cuphead got a release date of being September 29th of this year. Looking forward to that one quite a bit. Super cool art style on that. Uh, then they had a trailer for Crackdown 3 featuring the one and only Terry Crews with a rocket launcher. <laughs> it was a, it was an exciting trailer, needless to say, but that's Terry Crews for you. Uh, they did say, confirm that it's still going to be a four-player co-op, and it will be releasing on November 7th, same day as the Xbox One X. So if you're looking for a launch title to check on to check out on your new Xbox, that is one option you can look for right there. Right here, a Crackdown Xbox One X. Crackdown Xbox One X. Uh, 
and then let's see. They they had then had like a montage of a whole bunch of other like indie styled games coming out on Xbox One. Uh, also, there's a little demonstration for Ashen. They did announce a Life is Strange prequel called Life is Strange Be- Before the Storm. It's going to be a three episode, uh, three episode game coming out on August 31st. It'll probably get wrapped up before the end of the year. Uh, there is an actual Life is Strange 2 still being worked on. This is more of like a, like a filler, filler series before that one comes out probably next year. So for those that like Life is Strange, there's a little bit of a little bit of backstory you can actually go check out starting at the end of August. Uh, there was a kind of a lengthy presentation for Shadow, well, Middle Earth Shadow of War. Uh, it looks about how you expect from the other trailers. In fact, I'm pretty sure every press conference had at least a little bit of Shadow of War shown at it. So between all the conferences, you probably get like an hour footage or something. <laughs> you think? Uh, I mean. The other one, the first one was good, but yeah. it needs that much. <laughs> yeah. uh, Shadow of Mortar was actually a very good game. And the second one looks like it's going to be improving on quite a few things. So I'm actually looking forward to it quite a bit as a Tolkien fan myself. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Looks looks solid. Although I would say that the uh, the little presentation from the Xbox conference in particular was great. There was, uh, there was this one orc. I forget his name. He was just hilarious i didn't think they could make an orc super funny but they did and i want him to be my new commander in chief he will lead all my armies and if he dies we riot (laughs) we riot and we restart the game (laughs) we riot and restart the game brutus will live i must demand it (laughs) uh but yeah that's coming out uh october 10th so we don't have too long to wait on that uh, they announced a sequel to Ori in the Blind Forest called Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Looks just as stylistic as the previous, if not more. Definitely cool looking title there. And then uh, before getting to the final presentation of the show, they did confirm that uh, they're bringing more compatibility, backwards compatibility to Xbox, uh, including most of the original Xbox titles, including Crimson Skies. So if you've been wanting to play games from your classic xbox now you can kind of now you get the opportunity to actually do that here so that's, that's cool people that still have those game discs lying around i guess uh but yeah the the very very last thing that was shown during microsoft's event was uh what as we previously mentioned that there's this brand new ip called anthem which no one knew what to expect. Like, oh, is it going to be a shooter? What is it an RPG? Like, what is this supposed to be? Well, we actually got the gameplay demonstration, and it does indeed look like a story-focused online multiplayer looter shooter kind of thing. Very reminiscent of uh, Destiny or Warframe, I guess you could say. But with, like, the writing from the uh, Bioware team. Everyone basically gets equipped with Iron Man like exosuits and all sorts of different guns and jetpack abilities. Looked really, really cool, honestly. Um, it's still a ways out, not coming until probably the later part of 2018 at the earliest uh, for PC, PS4, and an Xbox One. Uh, but other than that, I don't have a whole lot more to say. Did, did you guys get to check out that little gameplay demo for Anthem at all? Yeah, it looked uh, 
I mean, it was a, a scripted gameplay, but yeah. it looked pretty good. And that game looks honestly a lot better than I would expect from like a new IP out of nowhere. I like how mm-hmm. one of the first things I, they did in the demo was they had this part where you're like walking through a town and then some guy walks up to you and looks you straight in the face like he's like look at my facial expression look how they're not like Mass Effect Andromeda Mass Effect Andromeda is just going to go down in history for being <laughs> I'm like oh so that's what they mean by the B team was working on Andromeda this is the A team working here okay I can kind of see that I can see that but uh, it looks promising uh, with another year of work, it could look like, even better than it did already. Uh, I don't know how it's going to do, uh, since, like we mentioned, probably the biggest competitors to it are the Destinies and the Warframes. So, you know, hopefully it can look at those two and learn from their downfalls and learn from their mistakes and try to build upon those to make something that can please a lot of people. But I guess we won't know until next year, unless they start giving out early access to people. But yeah. Looks like a promising new IP from Bioware, so that makes us pretty happy. Overall, um, I think Microsoft had a very solid showing. They really did not stumble much at all during the show. Like There was no cringy moments, no moments where I'm like, oh, they shouldn't be doing that. That's a big mistake. That's No one wants to hear that. No, it was all pretty solid, all, all good stuff shown. Um, double thumbs up for me for... Uh, did you guys have anything else you wanted to add onto the the Microsoft there, or should we move on to Bethesda? I think we can go into Bethesda. Yeah, I think so too. Let's get into Bethesda Our land. Skyrim. <laughs> oh man, I just want to say right off the bat that I stayed up late to watch this show, and I was very disappointed. I didn't think Bethesda had it in them, but they really did come on out and spend thirty minutes talking about absolutely nothing. In fact, they didn't even come on out. The entire press conference was pre-recorded. That's the thing that got me. <laughs> it was a pre-recorded show. Um, I guess just kind of going, it's kind of going through it. Um, they did start the show kind of talking about their upcoming VR projects. Uh, they they mentioned Fallout Four VR again. That's still coming on out. Uh, they announced Doom VFR, so that was kind of neat, but. I don't know if Doom is the kind of game I'd want to play in VR. That doesn't seem like it'd be a good combination. Lots and lots of um, movements. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, uh, spoiler for the Sony conference, but they did announce that uh, Skyrim is going to be released in uh, VR at that show, but it wasn't mentioned here at all by Bethesda. So you basically got three big VR games coming from Bethesda within the next year or so. Actually, is it going to be a separate title, or are they just announcing support for Fallout 4 with VR? It's going to be a separate title. You can actually pre- pre-order it for $60 on Steam right now. It's like, ouch. I don't, I don't, I don't think I want to. <laughs> I mean, if it was like a small add-on for Fallout 4, that'd be cool, but I don't know if I want to rebuy the whole game just to play in VR. Even though technically it makes sense since you have to go through and convert everything to VR, you're like almost remaking the entire game. Uh, but yeah, but still, it's it's a hard sell for me right now. 
they did their usual themes as well, where they came out and announced an expansion for the Elder Scrolls Online. Hold on, sorry. They just had a new expansion for the Elder Scrolls Online, so they were just basically talking about how the reception for it's been so great, and look at all these people having fun with it. You should play as well. Play, playing Morrowind now. It's like, okay. That's nice. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, they did announce a new expansion for the Elder Scrolls Legends, which is the card game that they've been releasing. Um, before I get too far into it, though, they did mention, well, they did announce a new thing called the Creation Club, which is a way for um, aspiring mod developers to sign up for the program and become partners to Bethesda to release exclusive paid content through their mod store. Um, I do want to say that I don't think, I mean, it's very easy to look at this and be like, wait, so Bethesda is doing paid mods again? Those bastards. But again, I don't think it's that exactly since this is more of a like program to help people that want to be, go from modding to being actual developers. This is like a stepping stool for them. But essentially, yeah, if you just, if you look in the store, there will be mods you can buy. Although there's, you're not being forced to make mods. Uh, none of the mods that are going to be for sale are remakes. They're all supposed to be brand new content, supposedly. <laughs> they said they're going to double check to make sure no mods get released for paid for as a paid mod, but I guess we'll see how the quality control on that goes. I feel like it'll happen. <laughs> People are going to try, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, speaking, like speaking of Skyrim, they basically came out and were like, here's a trailer for Skyrim again. This time it's on the Switch. Did you know that The Legend of Zelda is on Switch? Well, if you have a Legend of Zelda amiibo, you can use it for Skyrim and become Link in the game. You get a modded Master Sword. Oh, pre-order and buy this later this year. Like, oh, hey. I don't they know. They want you to own Skyrim on every system. Basically. Basically. Like, if you think about it, Skyrim made, like, Three or four different appearances at E3 this year. That game is like eight years old. Like, what the hell? It's not even eight years old. It came out in 2011 and like six years old. Still. Felt feels like forever ago that came out. It did. It came out over half a decade ago. <laughs> right, but then let's go ahead and move on to some of the actual new stuff that they show. Uh, they did announce a sort of expansion spinoff thing for Dishonored called uh, Death of the Outsider coming later in September. They didn't explicitly state what it is until after the show. And apparently what it is, it's a standalone spinoff game for uh, for Dishonored. It's not an expansion. It's not a sequel. It's just like a spinoff. So that, okay, it's like that happened. Uh, they're trying desperately to make Quake relevant again so they had another trailer for Quake Champions and they announced a 1 million dollar prize pool tournament for it that's going to be happening at QuakeCon and it was cringy because they had all these old school esports pros coming out and a really lame trailer trying to act all cool and it just wasn't working at all but hey 1 million dollars 1 million dollars pretty sure there was actually a moment where they're like one million dollar prize pool and no one said anything in the crowd and he's like one million dollars one million dollars 
And then people started like like clapping, like, oh, we're supposed to, okay. We're supposed to be excited for one million dollars. <laughs> it was it was it was bad. Sorry, Quake. I yeah. I don't I don't think I don't think you're gonna hold up in the modern scene. It's it's not gonna work. Um, the people at E3 are so awkward. Man, it's like they're business people instead of actual gamers or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. It happens. We're all a little awkward in our own special ways. It just happens. Uh, but the final two things I want to talk about uh, includes the cinematic announcement trailer for the Evil Within 2, which is actually super awesome. I don't even care about the Evil Within 2, but the trailer was just super well put together and kind of interesting. Like, man, if this was like a movie, I would I would totally watch the movie. I had no idea what was going on during it, but it looked really stylistically cool. And the final four... games are not my favorite. <laughs> yeah. That's that's kind of how they are. They're just like they're there. I want to enjoy them, but it's hard to actually enjoy them. Maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe one day. Uh, but yeah, they did close the show off with uh, the announcement of Wolfenstein Two: The New Colossus, which, funnily enough, was actually teased a little bit at last year's E3, and we didn't get the confirmation of it until this year. Um, but they're doing some cool things with the Wolfenstein games. Um, it it does take place like a like a more modern ish era, with uh, basically the Nazis haven't taken over America, so it's like a regime controlled America, and you're like uh, a freedom fighter trying to trying to just like survive against them. Uh, but there there's a lot of really really weird stuff. Like there's one scene where they're showing that you're like breaking out of a hospital, so you're like wheelchairing through the hallways with a machine gun. And there's another scene where, like, he's out on the streets somewhere, and, like, one of these soldiers, like, does the thing of acid. And he just starts tripping balls, and, like, this cartoon gecko shows up. Uh, I'm like, I have no idea what's going on, but this looks really cool. <laughs> lots, of, lots of weirdness going on. Um, but, yeah, they, they announced that's coming out October 27th of this year. Wow, that's soon. Yeah, that was, like... <laughs> Was like four month announcement window. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, about that, so super solid on that. I can always appreciate Bethesda not keeping us waiting very long for the things that they do announce. Uh, but yeah, other than that, they didn't really do anything super groundbreaking. Like uh, Evil Within Two and Wolfenstein are going to be their big games for this year. And so then we'll wait until next year's E3 and be like, where's that Elder Scrolls? It's got to be here somewhere. Is oh, it going to be of the year? But who knows? Who we knows? may, I may actually have to play Wolfenstein now that they're not coming out with an Elder Scrolls game. <laughs> I'm actually going to go I'm back through and play, uh, play the previous one in prepare, preparation for the new snow one because it looks pretty cool. <laughs> they got me. It got me. Hook, gun, and sinker. Bethesda. <laughs> Damn, Bethesda, and you're addicting this. What have you done to me? Uh, anyways, any other comments on Bethesda? Overall, kind of a disappointing show, even though they never really promised anything more than they actually gave us still. It is what it is. Yeah, it was a little underwhelming. <laughs> 
It was only like 30 minutes too. They just like rushed through the entire thing. They were like, hey, and if you're here at the E3, uh, you can have drinks on us at our bar over there. And about good night. Like, okay. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> um, there was the PC gamer show like the next day. Um, I did watch it, but honestly, I don't remember a whole lot of stuff that actually happened during it. Uh, probably the biggest saying up for me during the PC gamer show was, um, they did announce a new game by the developers of don't starve. It's uh, like a 2D sci-fi RPG called Griftland. With like this really cool cel-shaded comic book art style to go with it. Like it's kind of hard to describe. Um, I would recommend checking out the YouTube video of it sometime. Like it looks really cool. Good developer as well. Uh, so if you're into like classical RPGs, that might be something up your alley right there. Definitely something to keep an eye on next year or so. Uh, but on that, they kind of just went along. We're showing some other small to medium-sized PC games like Lawbreakers, uh, Wargroove. They had another demonstration for Shadow of War. Uh, they also did show Forza Motorsport 7 there, the PC version, which was kind of nice. Uh, Battlegrounds showed up again. They're talking about some of the new features that were going to be coming into the game soon. In fact, at the time of recording, we have already seen some of these new things make their way, like the new 762 rifle, uh, the sunset map, and so winning out the new maps in the vaulting system. But yeah, they were just kind of showing off some of that new stuff, so that was nice. Overall, just kind of that same old homey feeling that the PC Gamer shows where developers can just come on out on the stage and sit on the couch and talk to Day 9 in a very casual, laid-back way. Uh, this year, though, I will mention that instead of it being sponsored by AMD, it was sponsored by Intel. <laughs> so that was unfortunate that uh, AMD is getting pushed out by Intel there, but it, it's it's competition. It happens. Intel just wanted it more this year. <laughs> uh, any comments for the PC Gamer Show at all? Uh, I didn't get to look at it too much, but... um. I didn't see too much about it. Uh, a lot of indie games um, mm. that are always interesting because it's always nice to like go pick up an indie game when you're like, none of these like major games look good this month. Maybe I'll try out something different and new. And yeah, I will say though, like if you go through the PC Gamer Show and just kind of watch it. So many of these games you look at, I'm like, man, that'd be a fantastic like fifteen twenty dollar game right there. Mm-hmm. That, that's like what that's what these are like 15 20 games are actually super great even though they don't get the big spotlight from time to time uh, definitely worth checking out if you're looking for something a little bit smaller and just... um yeah so that was uh pc gamer show uh they did end the show with uh announcement that there is a remastered version of age of empires coming out uh age of empires one and they were potentially they're teasing out a potential idea of an Age of Empires 4 being developed, which is kind of crazy to think that <laughs> there could still be a life for these real-time strategy games on there somehow. Uh, I grew up playing the first Age of Empires, so I'm totally down for like a remastered version of that. Would be willing to check that out, especially if it could lead to a potential Age of Empires 4 down the road. A bit. Let's uh, let's go ahead and move on to Ubisoft. And I'm going to say this right now. 
I think Ubisoft had the best show at E3 this year. I'm just saying it right now. As surprising as that is, I, sometimes I feel like I'm a Ubisoft hater, but they came out swinging and they hit a home run, I feel like. Uh, they started the show. They started the show having uh, Shigeru Miyamoto come on stage with um, the Ubisoft CEO, and they had had fun on there. They had uh, props from the new Mario and Rabbids Battle Kingdom game, which basically just meant that they came on out with Mario themed guns, and we're just on the stage like that. It was kind of weird, but kind of awesome at the same time. Uh, but they did confirm this game that had been leaked previously, called Mario plus Rabbids Battle Kingdom, which is basically a Mario-skinned XCOM strategy RPG game thing. I don't think I've ever heard the string of words put together in the same sentence. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm just going to say, like, if you don't know what XCOM is, like, go look up XCOM, check it out for, like, five minutes and come on back to this show. <laughs> it's a Mario-skinned XCOM game, and it actually looks super solid. Like the characters are all well done. It's the animation's great. Combat looks very smooth and well put together. And it actually really intrigued me. The idea of being able to play something like that on my Switch. Super appealing. Just quick, you know, pick it up really quickly, play for like five minutes, and then you're done. Move on to something else if you're busy. Uh, but yeah, that's actually releasing uh, in August of this year, August 29th, 2017. Uh, so super short release window on that. And if, uh, if someone looking to pick up another title for their Switch, this looks like a very solid one to be looking at uh, for sure. Uh, they did sort of try to showcase some more Assassin's Creed Origins gameplay, but they totally failed on it because what they did was they basically like cut to a camera that was outside and they were trying to record footage off a computer monitor that was outside in the sun. Oh, jeez. So they're so like the cameras like link on this monitor from the side and it's like completely black and they're like, yeah we're here playing some Assassin's Creed Origins uh, if you want to see more of this uh, tune in after the show and uh, you'll be able to come on out to our little uh, like treehouse event and see more Assassin's Creed Origins uh, so I'll uh, see you guys back later. I was like what? This is this is Ubisoft trying to showcase Assassin's Creed Origins at their own event and they just totally failed at it and made it look really bad. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, but it happened. <laughs> it's like, I guess Ubisoft just doesn't care about Assassin's Creed as much as they used to. They're just kind of like throwing it outside and being like, yeah, if you really want it, it'll be here later. Uh, but <laughs> moving on to the rest of the show, though, back inside. Eventually throw that out. That's basically what happens. They're like, yeah, this is already shown on Xbox. We're just going to do a quick little like 30 second thing for those that want it later. Man, it was weird. It's like, man, they they didn't think this through at all. <laughs> Whose idea was it to be like, yeah, we're just gonna use an actual camera and just like record a uh, computer monitor outside from an angle? <laughs> yep. So that happened. Uh, they also did showcase the the crew two, which looked about how I expected. Although they did announce that instead of it just being cars, it's now multiple different kind of vehicles, including motorbikes, boats, and planes. So if you want like just like a open world multi vehicle kind of racing sports game, there's that for you. I guess it's kind of like a kind of like if a Forza Horizon had more vehicle types in it. I guess. Yeah. That's basically what the Crew Two is. 
Uh, but that's coming out early next year, so you know, not, not a bad time. Um, it's not too far away, which is nice. Uh, they did have another trailer for South Park: The Fractured Butthole. They didn't really show anything <laughs> new with that game. They're just like, "Yep, it's that's still coming out in October. It's uh, still we're still playing on that." I well, like you said that last year. <laughs> yep, I'm kind of surprised they didn't poke fun at the fact that it was delayed over a year, but it is what it is, I suppose. <laughs> at this point, I'm like, I just hope the game comes out. I just want to play it. I don't care you yeah. didn't show me anything new. I just want to play it. It's South Park. Uh, after that was like a weird teaser thing for this VR project starring Elijah Woods tr- called Transference. Uh, super vague of what it actually was. It might have been horror themed for all I know. Could have been like comedy. I, I, I don't know. They didn't make it very clear what it actually was, but some sort of VR thing starring Elijah Woods, and that's coming out next spring. Uh, moving on from that. Okay, here's a cool one. So one of the new IPs announced at the Ubisoft conference this year was Skull and Bones. For those that don't really know what it is, basically, the team behind Assassin's Creed 4 decided they're going to make another pirate game, and now it's a ship-to-ship focused pirate game with a multiplayer 5v5 kind of thing and basically if you just wanted a multiplayer version of the ship combat from Assassin's Creed 4 then you have a whole game devoted just to that and it looks amazing it it looks promising I mean after the whole For Honor thing I'm a little sketchy little little unsure if I wanted a multiplayer only Ubisoft game but no, maybe they learn from their mistakes. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, this could easily go the For Honor route. Who knows? But I, I'm, I hope the best for it. I'd love to just play like a pirate-themed multiplayer game where you just like build up your fleet of ships and go at it against another team. Sounds cool to me. Um, they did hint that they're. Yeah, go ahead. Rainbow Six way and be bad. Then be good, and then they screw it up at the height of its success. <laughs> it went from being bad to being very good to being kind of bad again. Yeah, that's the Ubisoft way. <laughs> yep. Uh, I hope the best for it. Uh, that was probably one of my favorite parts of Assassin's Creed Four, which was the whole uh, ship combat and sailing the seas aspect of it. So, more of that is definitely nice to hear and. I mean, back when that game first came out, we're all just like, man, they just need to make a whole game of this, a whole pirate game. That'd be awesome. And it kind of did that. They did tease that there might be a bit of a single player component to it, but multiplayer was definitely the focus for now, at least. Like, that's that's what they want to get across. It's like, yes, this is a competitive multiplayer game first and foremost. Uh, so I guess we'll see. It comes out next, uh, not next Fall of uh, the fall of 2018, so we got over a year for that. Uh, they did have their uh, what do you want to call it? Their expected just dance presentation where they had people come on stage and do weird dances just so that they can please the just dance audience that they have. Uh, then they also announced that there was a mobile version of the of a South Park game coming out called South Park Phone Destroyer. Only instead of it being like a superhero themed game, this one's like Cowboys and Indians themed. 
Uh, so if you kind of wanted that same South Park charm with that same kind of gameplay, there's like a mobile version of it coming out later this year. That was, that was kind of nice. Apparently there's like a trading card aspect to it. So that's probably where the microtransactions come in where you can like get new weapons and gear through cards. I'm not very clear. I'm not sh quite sure how that actually works out. Uh, moving on, there was uh, kind of a new Toys to Life kind of thing called Starlink, where you can like buy spaceships in the store and then transfer them into your game. It, that's kind of whatever. Not for me. Uh, they announced a new expansion, the Steep of all games, called Road to the Olympics, and it's coming coming later this year. I I I don't really. <laughs> I guess people. Did that game ever take off? Or I didn't think so. I mean, if you like go to the Steam statistics page and look at Steep, the Steam version of that game only has like fifty people playing it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, granted, there's probably more people on UPlay and there's probably more people on Xbox and PlayStation, but still, that's that's not a very big audience just for one of those platforms. <laughs> But yeah, uh, so uh, if you if you were super into steep, and you're looking forward to an Olympics expansion, well, uh, Ubisoft's got you covered right there. They're delivering all everything you would have wanted there. But yeah, they then uh, they did show a little bit of the new Far Cry game, Far Cry Five. I was a little disappointed that they didn't show off much at all. They basically just did a super quick segment where the guys like, I'm gonna walk down this hill. Oh, I'm going to use this pistol to uh, shoot the guy. And demo's over. Like, okay, so I didn't actually get to see any of the world, any of the characters, any of the new features. It was there just a guy, like, walking and shooting someone once. Okay. Okay, Ubisoft, I see you. I don't know if you're trying to hide towers and other stuff, but I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, it's a little bit more fleshed out than the Far Cry 4 and Primal were. I want to like the Far Cry games a lot, but I'm like, oh man, you gotta give me a little bit more to go on here. I'm just not seeing it just yet. You have a super interesting premise set up, but I, I need you to ex execute on it. Like, I don't just waste the potential here. You know? Far Cry is... It's a really... It's definitely a Ubisoft type because of there's <laughs> so many... With little side missions in it. Oh, Ubisoft. No to the story and like why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm so hopeful that the game's gonna be good, but they didn't give you anything new to really look at. Basically, we don't we don't know anything more about it than we did before E3, so it was kind of disappointing. Uh, but yeah, to close out Ubisoft, they had a bit of a surprise for everyone there, and. uh even though before the show they said there would be no Beyond Good and Evil 2 shown at E3, they had a new trailer for Beyond Good and Evil 2 shown. To everyone's surprise, they basically like re re that re reannounced it. Like they had one version of it from like ten years ago that they announced, and they're like, okay, we're basically going in a different direction with this. It's practically a new game, but it's still Beyond Good and Evil 2. So for those that were into that series, it's it's here. This. This game, which has been kind of vaporware for the longest time, might have new life to it. Uh, but we'll, I, we may not know for for a while yet, because they basically did confirm that 
they basically scrapped the whole thing, restarted it not too long ago. So it's still in the very, very early stages of development. Like it's still mostly concept at the moment. Uh, so if this game is going to be coming out, it's it's still at least three years away, I'd, I'd think. Who knows? Uh, the trailer itself was really well done. I mean, it is a CG trailer, so it's not very accurate to what the game will end up being, but it showed a lot of cool concepts, cool world design, and, you know, just the whole story behind the project is super cool. Uh, they had, like, the, the lead developer guy come on stage after the trailer, and he was, like, all crying and happy that they finally got this trailer out to appease the fans there. I, it was nice. It's a good trailer. Um, even if you're not into the whole Beyond Good and Evil thing, it's it's still fun to watch. The cool things happen in the it. The trailer looks amazing. Yeah. Cool uh, stuff. Like I, I just like the whole scale of everything. Like this, this city, this world out there, and just is ginormous. Uh, I'm hoping that the the rest of the game is kind of like that. But again, we probably won't know for a few years since the game really, really just started being made not too long ago. So, uh, any other thoughts or anything else you wanted to add on to uh, the Ubisoft press conference there? Um, not really. What what made you say it was the best, Kyle? Just because it had the most promising games, or because Ubisoft kind of just came out and just laid everything on the floor? They're like, okay, this is what we actually got. Plus, this was the first conference in a while where they didn't have Aisha Taylor as the host. And I know people love Aisha Taylor, but I was never a big fan of her myself. And this is the only press conference where like all the uh, the demos and everything being presented were being done by. Like the developers or people like actually working on that project, and you could actually tell just like in the way they sound. This is not them coming out on the stage and talking like PR, being very business like. They were coming out and being very, like very straightforward, very like um, expressive. Like you could tell they were really enjoying what they were doing. Like especially um, like for the Mario and Rabbids presentation, the this um the Beyond Good and Evil 2 presentation, like, when they had the developers kind of start talking about it, they were just, like, super enthralled about it. Like, not the fake kind of excited for it. Like, they were, like, legitimately into what they were talking about. This is, like, the only conference over the week that I did not feel like was super fake, and I felt like there was actually some legitimacy and some actual heart to what the people were saying during it. Although, to be fair, like, from some of the games, I would I was... I was a little bit lacking. I wanted to see more Far Cry. Would have liked to have seen a little bit more Skull and Bones, a little bit more of Assassin's Creed and all that, but I'll, I'll take what we got. Yeah. Um, And then moving on, I think this is... Not quite the last, but we're almost there. Uh, so the next conference we have was the Sony conference. Now, this is usually the one where it's like, all right, step aside everybody this is where the big hitters are going to be showing this year and surprisingly that didn't really happen like i mean there's still a lot of big games shown but it was definitely a lot more relaxed and a lot less out there than previous sony conferences have been especially the last two and it's like half of a repeat of last year and then half new stuff you can definitely tell that they took the criticism of the whole oh sony only ever announces games multiple years ahead of time uh, we never actually get to see these things come to come to fruition for a while. Because basically, if I'm looking at it, everything that they showed 
has a release date within the next year. So, um, this is to kind of talk about the elephants in the room. Uh, we did not see The Last of Us 2, and we did not see Death Stranding. And I firmly believe that's because both of those titles are at least two years, or if not more. They're like two or more years out, so that's why they're not actually showing them here, because they're like, no, we're only going to show stuff that you would probably actually get to play before this next E3 stuff that, you know, rather than just being like, oh, yeah, it's going to come ways off when it's ready. No, we can actually get you, like, concrete lease dates for most of this stuff. Which I can appreciate, because that was definitely an issue that they've had uh, as a late word. They announced the game so far in advance that you just sit there thinking about it forever. Uh, but, yeah, just kind of just kind of start off. Um, they did start the show with um, a brief demonstration of Uncharted Lost Legacy. Uh, wasn't really anything special since it wasn't actually gameplay. It was just like a CG trailer for the new Uncharted game. That's coming out uh, sometime in August, so not a long wait for that at all. Uh, they did announce a new expansion for Horizon Zero Dawn called The Frozen Wild, which will be coming out sometime this year. I don't know if there's actually a release date on that yet. Let me actually check that. Um... Michael, you've played Horizon Zero Dawn, right? Yes, I have. I be, I played the entire game, and it was amazing. Um, definitely needed some uh, more DLC to it. Um, I don't know. I'll probably get all the DLC eventually and do a whole new playthrough of it. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely an awesome game that I feel like check out if it goes on sale or something. I literally just picked up Horizon Zero Dawn a couple of days ago, and I'm bored again started with that. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't look like there's actually like a release here in new DLC. So it just says 2017 on it. So it'll probably be sometime in the October, November rush, if I had to guess. But uh, we'll see. Um, it's cool that they're still supporting that game. New IP again supported. It's always. They did have a new gameplay demonstration for Days Gone, which was that, uh, that zombie game we all thought was The Last of Us 2, but it's not actually The Last of Us 2. Um, when they first showed it, they were basically just kind of um, using it as like a tech demo to show how many zombies you could put on one screen at one time, which was kind of neat. Uh, but this one definitely focused on that aspect of it less and more on the stealth and the uh, close quarters combat. Uh, it definitely it was very, very much in line with like The Last of Us or the Uncharted games gameplay wise. So if you're a fan of like either one of those, it seems like this game will be right up your alley still. Um, they did show off a cool zombie bear at the very end, like a, like a boss encounter. So and that, was, that was cool. Zombie bears, I'm down for that. Bears are very popular in post-apocalyptic. <laughs> <laughs> this zombie bear was not the first zombie bear shown at E3 this year. <laughs> not something I thought I would hear. <laughs> it's the year of zombie bears. Um, but after that, uh, the excitement did not end as they showed a uh, a new trailer for a brand new Monster Hunter game called Monster Hunter World, which is going to be coming out in 2018. It's designed to be more like of a uh, more of a streamlined Monster Hunter experience for Western audiences, since it's traditionally an Eastern audience game. Uh, but it is going to be a multi-platform title being released on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC, which is a brand new thing for the series. Rather, rather than it being on a handheld, it's going to be on actual consoles. Uh, 
They did say that rather than this being a spinoff, this is practically a brand new Monster Hunter main series games. So for those that are a fan of the series, this will probably be a great jumping in point for them. I'd be interested in it. I think we're all a little bit interested in at least testing the water to see how that goes. Yeah, for sure. I've been wanting to get into Monster Hunter for a while, but I just never really had a good time to do it. Because either the games are like on mobile, on like little mobile platforms, or they're region locked into in Japan or something like that. So I've never really had a chance to play them. Uh, but cool, cool. And then after that, <laughs> to everybody's surprise, again they had a announcement for a brand new version of Shadow of the Colossus. It's basically a ground up complete remake of Shadow of the Colossus for the new modern hardware. Which is kind of a godsend, to be perfectly honest, since the only other way to play Shadow of the Colossus is either have the PlayStation 2 version or have uh, the HD update for PlayStation 3, which can be kind of a pain. Uh, But having it accessible on a PlayStation 4 is going to be super nice, and I am definitely looking forward to trying out uh, Shadow of the Colossus with the new visuals. it's It's a classic. Everybody should at least take a look at it sometime. Uh, they're moving on. They had a bit of a story trailer for Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. It was kind of weird seeing all the Street Fighter characters at Stark Tower, but whatever. It's, it is what it is now. <laughs> um, that's coming out later in September on the 19th. Uh, we are getting the new Call of Duty, uh, Call of Duty World War II. So they showed a little bit of a trailer for that. Had a lot of the World War II staples, including the flamethrowers, bayonets, M1 Garands, and of course the Colt 45. A lot of classic weapons were still there. I'm not sure what they're actually thinking of the game itself, since it was very cinematic trailer, so you didn't really get to see gameplay much at all. But it's a Call of Duty game, so you probably have a good idea what to expect from it. Mm. And then they had a bit of a PlayStation VR segment where they just showed a bunch of. Uh, upcoming PlayStation VR titles. Uh, probably the big one from that lot is the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, which we mentioned before. Uh, but there's a couple of other promising uh, indie titles called like uh, like The Impatient, which is from the creators of Until Dawn. It's supposed to be some sort of a pseudo prequel, I think, but I'm not 100% sure of that, so don't quote me. Um, funnily enough, there is a... Uh, a spinoff of Final Fantasy 15 for just the fishing parts of the game. So if you really like the fishing in Final Fantasy 15, there's a v- there's a VR version of it now. <laughs> like, oh boy, I can go fishing in Final Fantasy 15 to VR. This is perfect. <laughs> but yeah, so there's a couple of different different titles there. You can check out the whole list online somewhere. But then they had a uh, like a gameplay demo for the God of War. Remake, reboot, board. I don't know what it is. They're still just calling it God of War, so I'm gonna just say for the, for the new God of War, <laughs> they showed a bit of a new stuff for that. Um, actually, I, I said gameplay demo, but they showed less gameplay in this than they did in the previous demonstration. Uh, but yeah, it seems like the the scale of the monsters is still as big, if not bigger, than ever. Uh, graphic wise, looks pretty great. There's still that. Whole father son aspect still intact. 
Um, they did allude a little bit more to the mystery of like why Kratos is actually in this whole new world now. Like instead of him being in Greece dealing with the Greek gods, all of a sudden he's in this area dealing with the Norse gods. And they kind of did allude to that a little bit at the very beginning. So um, there's definitely a connection between this one and the previous trilogy. We're just not sure what that is exactly. Uh, but that's coming out early 2018. Um, if I had to wager, I guess it's probably going to be a March release since all the other God of Wars released in March. Uh, they're probably just still trying to make sure everything is going to be good before they announce that date. But that, that's going to be my guess. There was a new demo for Detroit Become Human, which is... Um, uh, what's his name? David Cage? Is that the guy? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> From the creators of Beyond Two of Souls and Heavy Rain comes Detroit Become Human, which is basically one of those story-focused, pick-your-own-dialogue narrative kind of games. Uh, only this one's revolving around uh, like a near-future Detroit setting where the androids are revolting, and you have to play different different characters on each side. So, yeah. It is what it is. Um, it may be good. Who knows? I've heard some mixed opinions about people that have actually played it. That uh, you know, kind of kind of appreciate some some uniqueness there at the very least. Uh, and then the second to last thing they showed was actually kind of just a big old Destiny Two thing. Um, not really anything new announced for Destiny Two outside of what already was announced at the Bungie event. Um, they did basically just confirm that. Um. There would be more exclusive content for PlayStation 4 owners, including a new strike, a new exclusive PvP map. Uh, funnily enough, the one thing they did announce was that the game would be releasing earlier than expected. They uh, they basically announced the game originally going to be coming out on September 8th, and then they moved it to the 6th. Not sure what that's all about, but it, I just thought it was kind of interesting that they bothered to make an announcement that the game's coming out two days early, which is a weird thing. I don't think I've ever seen a, an actual change of release be two days. Was it not a Tuesday? And they were like, oh, shoot, it's not a Tuesday. <laughs> like, oh, damn it, George, you said the 8th. That was for next year. We have to change it now. Ah, oh. you know, it was weird. Um, I was kind of sad because a little bit later, they were revealing more details about the other versions. And they 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 did mention that the PC version of Destiny 2 is coming out on October 24th, which is a major buzzkill. It's coming a whole month and a half later than the other two versions. What's I, don't, I don't understand that one. But... It's like, uh, okay. Is this for some sort of exclusivity deal? Because uh, if, if there's something actually wrong with the PC version, it's like, oh yeah, we need exactly a month and a half to fix it. Like, maybe? And again, I keep hearing from people that try the PC version that it runs flawlessly, so I don't know. It, it just sucks, because it's one of those games where you're like, oh yeah, you want to be there like early on, so you don't like fall behind. Or you want to be there like figuring out how to do the raids with other people. Right. And it's like, well, people are going to already figure out all this stuff like before we even get to it. So it's like, oh, uh, okay. I went from being super hyped for Destiny 2 to being like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm going to bother. I'm going to be booked in October as it is. 
Maybe I'll pick it up when like the first expansion comes out. Who knows? Oh well, it is what it is. Uh, so for those that are looking forward to Destiny Two on uh, PlayStation Four or Xbox One, you do get that two days early on September sixth. Now, and then Sony decided to close out the show surprisingly with uh, a gameplay demonstration of the new Spider-Man. I think they're titling it Marvel's Spider-Man now. Um, but yeah, they uh, they did show kind of um, footage of how how it plays. Very you know, there's stealth takedowns. There's a lot of um, Batman Arkham Asylum kind of combat going on. Button prompts. Um, they did show some of the villains, which will include uh, the Kingpin and Mister Negative, or at least two of the characters that will be making an appearance. Will probably be many many more. Um, lots of lots of um. What's the word for it? Like, it's kind of what you would expect from a modern open-world Spider-Man game. Nothing really too mind-blowing. Although, um, the demo they showed was mainly for, like, a, okay, it, was, it was a story mission. So, um, you did get to see some of the big action set pieces. Uh, like, the using quick-time events to try to stop a giant falling metal beam from falling onto the streets there. A lot, a lot of what you'd expect, but it looks pretty promising. Um... Probably the most important thing to get right in a Spider-Man game is the web sling. And it looks like they got that down very well. So, like, for those that like the Spider-Man 2 game, just web slinging around New York City, it looks like that's going to be perfectly acceptable, perfectly fine here. So all of that's going to be good. Uh, I did like how at the very, very end they did tease the possibility of Miles Morales being a character in the game. Uh, so for those that are into the whole Spider-Man lore, you might have that to look forward to. It just seems like uh, there's lots and lots of little tidbits here for Spider-Man fans to look at. It's going to be a lot for them in here. Uh, that is, that's coming sometime in 2018. Um, surprisingly, it's not here in time for the new Spider-Man movie, but it's it's in the pipeline. It's coming out later next year, so have that to look forward to. It looks, it looks promising. That's all I really have to say. Uh, but on that, that was uh, the Sony press conference. Any Comments or concerns about the show there? Uh, it's a pretty well-rounded job. Stuff they touched last year. Yeah. Loud repeat from last year. Um, they basically did say at the very end, though, that's like, uh, and stay tuned later this year for our PSX show where we'll have even more stuff to show off. And I'm like, okay. I think they're, they're trying to move over to their PlayStation Experience event being the the place where they announced the big games now instead of being E3. I mean, that's where they announced Last of Us 2, so... That's probably we'll see more of that, more Death Stranding and all that will probably be at PSX in, like, was it December or January sometime? Um, so, they're, they're just trying to get pe more people to come over to their own specially hosted event rather than E3, which eh, makes sense from a business point of view. I can totally see why they would do that. Uh, but yeah, uh, other than that, unless there's anything else you guys want to add to Sony, we can move on to Nintendo here. I think uh, it's time for some Nintendo. I, I can agree with that. So, for Nintendo, the way they handled it is basically they came out and were like, okay, here's our Nintendo Direct. It's a very short, like, 30-minute thing where we're focusing only on what's coming out for the Switch. And then after that, they basically did a whole live stream where they were like, 
showing off gameplay demos of the various Switch games, and that's where they're also announcing the new 3DS content. Just so they're like, yeah, we're we're acknowledging that the 3DS still exists, but if you're looking for the 3DS announcements, that's coming after the show during the live event. Uh, for now, we're just going to focus primarily on the Switch, which, you know, I can totally, I can respect that. want to focus on the new hardware first. Um, so during their relatively short, like 30-minute uh, Nintendo Direct for the Nintendo Switch, um, they did show off the new Xenoblade Chronicles 2 game. Uh, surprisingly, despite it being a massive RPG, uh, it is still planned to come out in holiday 2017, sometime later this year. Uh, so that that would be a big, big thing if they can get that out for the Switch by the holiday time. Uh, I'm not really into the Xenoblade series, but for those that are, that's it's pretty massive. It's a big game. And people have been waiting for that for a long time. Um, yeah, but after, after that, they did show a brand new Kirby game for the Nintendo Switch. All they really showed was that it's going to have four-player co-op, and it's coming out next year. That was literally all they said about it. <laughs> that was literally all of it. <laughs> um, they did show a little bit more of Pokemon Tournament. Um, they already had a special Pokemon D- Direct like a month ago where they showed some of that stuff off. Uh, so they didn't spend too much time on it. Uh, but they did basically come on out immediately after that and say, yes, Game Freak is working on a poor Pokemon RPG for the Nintendo Switch. It is coming out, possibly not next year, but it, it, probably the year after that at the latest. Which, I mean, as a massive Pokemon fan, that's all I need is confirmation that they're working on a Switch Pokemon game. I think that's all people have ever really wanted is a console version of Pokemon. Yeah, and uh, for sure. it's it's happening. And the important thing to know is the way they worded it. They said a core Pokemon RPG, which means it's not a spinoff like Pokemon Coliseum. Pokemon Stadium, it's it's a main series Pokemon game. Like it's the Generation Eights, it's the Pokemon Sun and Moons, that's kind of stuff. Uh, so that's that's happening. It, it's probably still a few few years away, but they're working on it. And then immediately after that, they blew people's minds again by <laughs> by confirming that they are also working on a Metroid Prime Four, which people really did not expect at all since. Nintendo has basically abandoned Metroid. Have not said anything about it since the Nintendo Wii. I think the last Metroid game came out for the Nintendo Wii, and then they dropped wow. it like a hot potato after that. So, uh, for Metroid fans, that was super awesome. You're finally getting a new uh, Metroid Prime game, which are the the first person kind of Metroid games that were. Uh, first coming out on the GameCube. I've never played a Prime Metroid game before, but they looked pretty cool. Uh, depending on how this one looks, I may check it out as well. But right on. Metroid fans finally getting what they've been asking for for years. Uh, and then like with Kirby, a new Yoshi game was announced. And literally all they said about it was it's going to have two-player co-op and come out next year. That was it. <laughs> like, all right, right, right on. More Yoshi. Uh, they did show a little bit of the new Fire Emblem Warriors game, which is basically a Fire Emblem themed uh, Dynasty Warriors game. For those that like know what Dynasty Warriors is, it's basically that with a Fire Emblem skin. I think that's supposed to be coming out later this year, but I'm not 100% sure on that. 
Uh, I don't have a release date here in front of me, and I don't really feel like looking it up, but it's coming. It's in the pipeline. Um, we got a little bit more news on the upcoming expansions for Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, they did announce that the first uh, expansion pack, the Master Trials, would be coming out on June 30th, which has already come and gone. So it is actually available to download right now, which includes like new costumes and a hard mode uh, for those that want a little bit more challenge from the Legend of Zelda games. Uh, and then they teased a little bit of information on the second expansion pack called The Champion's Ballard, which will be coming out in holiday 2017, which is going to be a more story-focused uh, expansion. It looks like it's going to be uh, expanding on more of the story that takes place in the past with the four champions. Uh, for those that played Breath of the Wild, you know what I mean. It's going to be a little bit more on what happened in that time period and less on what happened in the modern times. And I don't really want to get too spoilery, so I'll just leave it at that. Uh, they did also show a little bit more of Mario and Rabbids Battle Kingdom. Uh, most of the footage was repeated from the Ubisoft press conference, so it still looks pretty good. It's about what you expected. Uh, they did announce officially that uh, Rocket League is going to be coming for Switch, which is super awesome. I think that is a match made in heaven right there. It's the yeah. perfect platform to have Rocket League on. The only problem is getting like a what network connection going for online play, but who cares? Because you get to race <laughs> rocket-powered cars and soccer fields and stuff like that. So it's all good. It's all good. Uh, and then Nintendo closed out their direct with a spectacular trailer for Super Mario Odyssey. This basically showcasing like the new gimmick of uh, Super Mario Odyssey, which is the the hat. Uh, you can basically use it to possess enemies. And some of the enemies include, um, like, other people, inanimate objects, and you can even become a Tyrannosaurus Rex, which is and all... zombie bears. And zombie bears. <laughs> I mean, that's all I've ever wanted from a Mario game, is to be able to control a Tyrannosaurus Rex. So, and zombie bears. And zombie bears. Um, surprisingly, that game is coming out in October as well. So, uh, October of this year is looking to be super jam-packed with new games. Just absolutely jam packed, I must say. Um, other than that, that was kind of it for Nintendo. Um, I will say uh, one big thing did happen a little bit later on during their stream, during their live stream. Uh, they did announce a remake of Metroid 2 Damage Returns for the 3DS. Uh, so Metroid fans got even a little bit more love uh, a little bit later in the show. Um, some other things that kind of happened around E3, but not. During any show in particular, there was a new trailer for Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, and they actually did announce this later today at the D23 Disney events that uh, Toy Story World is going to be a playable area in the game. So you can like turn into Toy Story characters and go fight through that with Mickey and uh, Donald and Goofy and all that. So that's cool. Yeah, I love that Disney fan service right there. Um, but yeah, that was... Most of E3, I mean, we breezed through a lot of stuff there for sure. Um, anything in particular from Nintendo that you guys wanted to to talk about uh, before I get too far along? Like uh, anything there to stick out for you? Um, I mean, the Game Freak is pretty big, so that would probably get me to buy a Switch. If oh yeah, something totally. Uh, uh, I mean, this is the first Zelda with DLC. 
So that's true. Yep. Not just like uh, remakes being added on later on. No, like actual DLC. Downloadable content. New stuff for the game. Nice. A little disappointed they didn't say anything about Smash. Yeah. yeah. I feel but, like. But Pokemon. Yeah, I feel like they're like, okay, we're going to have Pokemon come out. That's going to be the fighting game for this year. And then not the same. And then maybe next year they're like, Smash Brothers and Super Mario Maker. Oh my god, more Pokemon. Ah. Next year could be very big for Nintendo if they uh if they keep up what they've been doing here. So far they just came out like, oh yeah, a bunch of solid stuff. As uh as a Switch owner, I'm pretty pleased with what I saw here. Pretty pleased. Um so kind of just looking back at E3 as a whole. Um, what were some of your favorite things that were mentioned or shown at E3? Any like what are the big highlights of the entire event for you? Um, Anthem was probably one of the most interesting titles. Uh, other than that, maybe CFDs, depending on how how it ends up. Mm-hmm. It's definitely one um, I'm, yeah, I want to keep an eye on. Those are. Big- Oh, on Battlefront, I guess. Those are my big three. Right on, those are good picks. Uh, how about uh, you, Michael? Anything there that kind of just jumps out at you? Uh, I really like Skull and Bones because I think I literally remember saying, like, they should w- take the pirate part of um, Assassin's Creed 4 and make it its own game. And <laughs> that's what they're doing. So that that fits my needs. Hopefully it's not, like, done wrong by ubisoft it could totally happen um wolfenstein looks really good and i mean i want to jump into that uh series because i heard it's always been good um i south park as well yeah Yeah. south park well south park i've been waiting for for years but (laughs) whatever we're almost Um, there and uh the Monster Hunter world. I'm really interested. Oh, yeah. It looked so cool. Yeah, if, um, if I had to pick a couple of my favorites, um, I did I did like a lot of the surprises, the unexpected announcements, like uh, the Monster Hunter world, uh, Shadow of the Colossus remake. Um, I was really happy that they at least confirmed that Pokemon's coming to the Switch, because that's literally all I need before I can die happy. That's happening, finally. Yeah. Um, everything else looked pretty solid. I'll probably, I'm definitely gonna be checking out Shadow of War and uh, Wolfenstein later this year when they come out. Uh, but yeah, lots of lots of goodies coming out. I'm definitely having to pick and choose even more this year than I had to last year for uh, games to play. Um, I actually do have like a list of games coming out later this year in front of me, and just to put October, just October itself into perspective, uh, you get. Forza Motorsport 7, Shadow of War, The Evil Within 2, Gran Turismo Sport, South Park, The Fresh of Hole, Destiny 2, Assassin's Creed Origins, Super Mario Odyssey, and Wolfenstein 2 The New Colossus. That's a lot of games in a short period of time. Broke. Oh, and then if I want to bring November into it, we also get Call of Duty World War 2, Crackdown 3, Need for Speed Payback, uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2, and Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Because be no one has money or time for any of this. Be real. 
<laughs> but yeah, uh, you can definitely say there's not going to be any games to play this year. There's there's plenty of stuff. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was E3. Um, overall, how does it? How how do you think it compared to previous E3s? Uh, I think with development cycles getting bigger, I think they're kind of getting a little less informative mm -hmm. and more just like a, a yearly update on what's coming out. Yeah. Not like huge releases where they spend like 90 minutes like doing big flashy light shows and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like everyone's starting to realize that Good games take a lot of time, which is good. Like, if, if you're going to make a really good game, then take the time to do that. And at E3, you're like, you see all these awesome games, but these most of the really awesome ones are like two to three years out, and you're like, oh. So E3 is getting less and less hype, I guess. Like, there are some games that, like, we we saw two years ago and now are coming out, which is awesome, but... A lot of it's just like, yeah, in like uh, 2020, and you're going to see this. And people are like, is that even a real year? <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I would say that um, this year, more than last year, um, maybe Nintendo being the exception, no developers were really willing to just announce something that was super far off with no release date. Uh, I, mean, I mean, Ubisoft doesn't have a release date for Beyond Good and Evil 2, but everything else... They announced had like a concrete release date in the near future. Um, Nintendo was the only one that was like, "Yeah, we're we got a couple of things that are probably like two or three years out at the, maybe more. You'll get it when it's ready." Um, so I, I can kind of appreciate that. I do like having the shorter release windows, like shorter shorter periods of time between the announcement and when we're actually getting the product. Uh, it makes makes the wait for it feel so much better. You don't you're not sitting there agonizing like, "Oh my god, I'm just waiting for this thing." <laughs> Last of Us Two. <clears throat> yeah. Um. Yep. So uh, definitely kind of like that trend, but it does lead to this year being a little bit more less hype filled because so many things we that were shown were already announced last year because people were just like, oh, we need to announce all these projects ahead of time. And now this year, everyone's like, yeah, I know we need to scale back. We can only talk about stuff that's happening in the next year, year and a half. Yeah. So you're kind of seeing that result where. A lot of repeats were happening as a result, but I think if uh, they continue this trend next year, we'll probably get a better shows for for it because then we'll actually start seeing new stuff again. Uh, but yeah, that was kind of uh, that was E3 2017 in a nutshell for the most part. There were definitely a lot of things we kind of just skipped or skimmed over. So if you want to, you know, leave us comments or let us know what your favorite parts of the show were, uh, you can always. Uh, Talk to us on Twitter at MNJ underscore podcast. We're also available on Facebook at Mouse and Joystick Podcast. And if you are into that, you can email us questions or comments at, at mouseandjoystick at gmail.com. I'm always checking those three feeds, so we'll be able to get your comments either way. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, moving on uh, to miscellaneous news. This wasn't part of any E3. I just wanted to mention it because it is kind of a big a big deal. Uh, but after E3, Nintendo did announce that the Super Nintendo would be getting a classic mini edition uh, sometime later this year, just like they did with the NES mini. 
And the big thing that is coming with it is the release of the never-before-seen Star Fox 2. That was a game that was developed and then canceled about 95% of the way through its development cycle. So it never actually got to see life on the shelf. Uh, so the long-lost Star Fox 2 is finally getting an official release on the SNES Classic Edition. Uh, so for those that have the patience, uh, you can go and try to pre-order it. Get your refresh buttons ready because these things are going to be flying off the shelves in milliseconds. As happens with any new Nintendo product. Uh, but other than that, I don't think there's any other news. I'm thinking there's probably been some news, but it's all been kind of washed up in the whole E3 thing. So I kind of I probably missed it. And uh, we're probably not going to take any time to talk about any games we've been playing just because we've all been busy. And this episode's already running a little bit on the longer side anyway. Before we close out, I do want to mention that um, for the month of July, which we're already about halfway through, um, some of the new titles you can look forward to play right now or within the next week or two include Fable Fortune, Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age, Splatoon 2, Fire, Hey Pikmin, Metopia, Dragon Quest XI if you're in Japan, and of course Albion Online. Um, other than that, I don't really have any ad. I do want to give a Big shout out to our Patreon, Trevon Brady on uh, the Patreon there. Been supporting us for a couple months now. Super big support there. Mad shout out to you. But if you'd like to become a patron, you can always go to um, podcastempirenetwork.com or patreon.com forward slash podcastempirenetwork. And there are lots of goals and rewards there for you to look through. I uh, would definitely appreciate the support if you're into giving like that. Uh, if you'd like a shout out at the end of the show, just like Trayvon there, you can always become a $1 patron, but we'll give to you there. Uh, but other than that, I don't have anything else I need to add on. I think we can go ahead and start wrapping up the show. Did you uh, guys have anything else you want to add before we close it out? Uh, I don't know. Just have fun with all the oodles of games coming out in the next couple months. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I I get, it, get uh, some sun in. Eat. <laughs> Sleep. <laughs> Sleep. <laughs> I will mention that I I just got a Resident Evil Biohazard, so oh, I will have nice. lots of stories of how scared I get. I'm looking forward to um, that because I do not like scary games, but I am playing them because apparently I like torturing myself. You monster. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like I mentioned earlier, so I did just pick up. Um... Horizon Zero Dawn, so I might sort of play through that. Uh, but I'm also I'm I'm going to Chicago next week, so I won't have any time to play then. And then uh, I'm moving the week after that, so I may not have any time to play it before our next show. But we'll see. Maybe I'll try to squeeze in a PlayStation or two there. Uh, but yeah, for for all of us here at Miles and Joystick, um, you guys have a wonderful night and uh, keep on playing there. Wake me. <laughs>